Come on, that's some good news, isn't it? You know, that's the gospel right there all wrapped up, that Jesus literally became the sacrifice for you and for me and each and every one of us. Happy Palm Sunday. This is the day that the church celebrates the day when Jesus rode into uh, Jerusalem triumphant, and the people were declaring him as king. It's interesting to think about because little did the people know that the very thing they were declaring him to be was the very thing that he would actually do, but in a roundabout way, not at all how they thought he would do it. (laughs) In fact, it's interesting when you look at the the life of Christ to see the example that he lives and, and actually lived out for you and for me, an example where he literally says to you and I, listen, I'm gonna do things a little differently than what you and I probably thought things were gonna be, but just know that you can trust me. How many of you know that you can trust him? That in the midst of everything you're facing, you can trust him. Jesus is enough. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He redeemed our story. He paid our price, and he became the ultimate sacrifice. So can I encourage you to keep your eyes focused on Jesus? Can I encourage you this morning to keep your eyes focused on the champion and the perfecter of your story? Because how many of you are in a process? (laughs) Anyone else in a process? A few of us? Come on, your story is unfolding. There's a process that's happening in your life. And, And in the good times as well as in the bad times, God is consistently trying to perfect our faith. Here's what I want you to do by uh, just, I'd love for you to look at your neighbor this morning and say this. Just, just look at him and just kind of get him ready and just say, by faith. Right, let, me, let me put a little more statement to it. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say this, everything happens by faith. See, everything that you and I encounter happens through moments of faith. You may sit here in your mind and you hear the word faith and you may be thinking in your mind already of different people that you would consider great men or great women of faith. Anyone know some great women or great men of faith? Come on now. People that you've been in contact with, people that you would look at and you'd go, man, that person right there is a great man. That person is a great woman of faith. Now, I want you to think of that person, okay? You got them in your mind? I want you to think of their story, and I want you to grab a hold of that, and I want you to recognize why do you think they're a great man or woman of faith? Is it because their life was easy? Is it because everything was handed to them on a, on a platter and everything was great and, and life just seemed to all fall into place? To, or is it they're considered a great man or woman of faith because when faced with adversity, when going through a trial, when seeing a hard time, they stood strong in their faith and said, I'm not going to let my circumstances dictate who God says I am. And they began to declare that he was king and Lord over their life regardless of their circumstances. Those would be the people that we would say, oh, that's a great man or great woman of faith. We don't, we don't look at people who had it easy and go, oh, that person's a great man of faith. Because what our mind would say is our mind would say, well, it was handed to them. What we look at is we consider great men and women of faith, people who have been through adversity. In fact, throughout the scriptures, come on, I need some interaction today. 
I, I need a little feedback today. You don't, you don't know what this week has looked like. I've, I put in 87 hours this week just on that lower level downstairs. So I need a little feedback this morning. And if you're like, man, I'm sorry, Pastor Brian, I wasn't able to come in and help, you can help right now by giving me some feedback. <laughs> because here's what I know is that in the trials and in the adversities, that is where men and women of faith rise up. That's where men and women of faith actually cut their teeth is in those moments. I think through to a dear friend of mine and Kasha's and literally this morning, she said to me, because she's been going through some adversity, eight months of adversity. Eight months ago when the doctor said you have cancer in your body, and eight months ago, this incredible prayer warrior, this incredible woman of faith was put to the test in the adversity. Because all of a sudden, it no longer became praying for other people. It became a moment of her walking out her faith in the midst of the adversity. See, we love the idea of serving God when every report and everything looks good. But where the real men and women of faith are actually developed is in the adversity. And how you walk through the adversity determines the blessings you experience. And so this morning, she said to me, you know what, Pastor Brian, have you heard but this week, I got my doctor's report, and the scans came back cancer-free. Come on now. It's in the adversities. It's in the adversities where, by faith, you and I actually are being developed. By faith, you and I are being developed in the hard times. By faith, in the moments when we look out over things and we say, man, oh no, what's going on? What's this moment? God is in those moments saying, listen, are you going to allow me to refine? Are you going to allow me to just begin to do my work? Are you going to trust me in those moments? It's in those moments where faith will either rise or will walk away defeated. So what is it about faith that inspires us? What is it about faith that allows us to walk through moments where we see people who have modeled their faith, that even when the bank account was low, they said, guess what? My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. When the odds were stacked against them, when the report was negative, when the resources were or insufficient, when the persecution was overwhelming, when the fear was crippling, you name it, the people of God who rise up to the surface, the people of God who say, I'm going to be a great man or a great woman of faith, are the ones who will walk through those adversities and say, no, he's still king. Oh, no, 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 he's still Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. I will not be discouraged by what's happening around me. Listen, I don't care what Fox News says. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what anyone else around me says. I know what God says. I know what the book says. I know what he's declaring over my life. And it becomes more than just you and I loving the moment where we come together in the church and everything's designed for you because, listen, the church is not designed for you. Can I say that again? The church is not designed for you. Why? Because you're a part of the church. And so you don't design it for yourself. You design it for other people to come to know Jesus. And so you can look across this room and you can say, man, Pastor Brian, there's some empty seats. Exactly. You know what that means? We need to be sharing our story with other people. We need to be taking our faith into action and saying, you know what? 
there's a seat right here where I know that someone who I've come in contact with can come to know who Jesus Christ is. See, faith is something that begins to rise up inside of us, and that's what I want to talk about today. Standalone message this week on faith. So look at your neighbor right now and say, everything comes down to faith. So faith by definition, good old Webster dash, says this, it's allegiance to duty or a person. It's belief and trust in and loyalty to God. It goes on to define it as something that is believed, especially with strong conviction, firm belief in something for which there is no proof, complete trust. See, we look at great men and women of faith and we say, I want what they got. But what we don't understand is what it took to get them to the place where they would then be called a great man or a great woman of faith. It required complete trust. Now Hebrews chapter 11 is our passage of scripture today that we'll be jumping into. And the Lord laid this on my heart and has been marinating this in my heart the past two weeks because here's what I know is that on Palm Sunday when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, it was on that day where faith began to rise. But here's the thing. It was the minute adversity came, the minute things didn't start going, where the true disciples, the true men and women of faith were actually the ones who rose. Think about it. Everyone's gathered around. They're all, they're waving palm branches. They're like, oh, Jesus is here. He's king. He's going to do it my way. Because isn't that really what it boiled down to? Wasn't the problem not anything to do with Jesus, but it just had to do with Jesus not doing it their way? Ooh. Ooh, is that the place where it hurts the most? Come on now. Is when things don't go the way we wanted them to go? Because see, everyone wanted him to be king. They wanted him to redeem them from who? From Roman oppression. The church, the people of God were being squashed by culture. Sound familiar? Come on, the story is not a new story that you and I, it's not like you're facing things for the first time. This is the constant story of the Christian faith. And what happens is, is in the adversity, the church rises and the church is actually refined. There's a pruning that takes place. John 15 talks about the pruning. It talks about how you and I are to be pruned, that we are a part of the vine, and that being a part of the vine, that, that the Lord comes in, he begins to prune the fruit that's not good. The fruit that's unhealthy, he, he, he prunes that so that what? So the vine can be healthier. Right now, we're in the season where spring's upon us. I know it, it fooled you today. You got up and you're like, it's rainy, it's nasty outside, it's cold. Ugh. I can't tell you how many people are ready today. They're like, so glad I live in Michigan. <laughs> and that doesn't mean they're glad they live in Michigan. <laughs> but what are we coming into? We're coming into a season of pruning where you need to go in, you need to prune, you need to, you need to get everything ready. At my house the other day, we were getting everything ready around the house and, 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 and uh, cleaning all the beds out and, and actually 
pruning some limbs and different things around the house. Why? Because we were getting ready because what I want to see is I want to see things healthy. I want to see things be given the space they need to be able to grow. And my tulips are coming in and they're screaming right now and they're saying, it's too cold. What are you doing to me? But I've been trying to prepare the way for them. Trying to get all the things so they can actually thrive. It's by faith that we begin to prepare the soil even when it seems like the soil isn't. That's exactly what we're doing down in the lower level. I've heard people say, well, Pastor Brian, why do we got to do all this stuff down there? We don't have that many kids. And I'm like, you're right. We don't have that many kids down there. You know why? Because we gave them old, nasty, junky carpet and environment. And what kid wants to go down there and catch some disease? <laughs> there is old time diseases sitting down in there. But we, we've eradicated those. They're gone. Mm. They're gone. She gone. They gone. And that area is so close to being done. And I know some of you, we, we kind of issued the alarm last week. We said, man, come on, we want to be in there today. We are not in there today. And can I just tell you, you didn't show up, so we didn't get it done. That's just straight up the truth. You're like, Pastor Brian, I don't, that hurts. That's why I put 87 hours in this week. Because I am like, there is nothing that is going to keep that area from getting done. If I got to work till 1.30 in the morning, I'll work till 1.30 in the morning. Pastor Brian, that's not healthy for you. You're right. It's not healthy for me. And you may be saying, well, Pastor Brian, I can't do all that. I can't do the heavy lifting. I can't do all those things. So here's the thing. I'm going to take every excuse away. Here's what I need you to do this week. I need you just to show up anytime. Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, you show up anytime, the church is going to be open, you show up anytime, and all I want you to do is just walk the hallways and the classrooms down there and just pray. Just pray. Because the greatest thing that could happen now is prayers. Because it's almost done. It is so close to being done. But the spiritual things that need to be done, the spiritual moments that need to happen are only going to come when we humble ourselves and pray and hear from the Lord and begin praying for every young child and saying, God, they need to encounter you. God, there are kids that need to encounter you. They need hope. They need someone believing in them. And we're believing that God's presence will be present in that place. And across Lenaway County, there are going to be families that are going to come in, and they're going to say, wow, this place loves and cares for my kids, but it's going to be more than an environment. It's going to be the presence of Jesus that will be present in that area that will change the hearts and lives of kids. My wife's parents served Jesus because years ago, someone poured into my wife at a young age, and she gave her life to Jesus. And her mom and dad, who were lost and had fallen away from the Lord, and were serving the world and doing their own thing, came to know Jesus because their daughter and son gave their hearts to Jesus, and it changed an entire family. So Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 chapter 1 says this, now faith is the assurance of things hopeful and the conviction of things not seen. This chapter is known as the, the chapter of faith, the heroes of faith. 
We're going to read about them here in a moment. People throughout, great men and women of faith that we would go and we'd say, man, I want their story. But the question is, is do you and are you willing to go through the adversity of the individuals you're getting ready to hear their story? Because if you want to be a great man or a great woman of faith, you're going to have to go through some adversities. Sometimes you're going to get a report from the doctor that's not going to be so good. And your faith is going to be tested, and you're going to be tired, and you're going to be weary, and you're going to need to call on other people in the church to gather around you and pray for you, because that's what the church does. We carry one another's burdens. We come alongside each other, and we love each other. That's why we don't just sit in rows. We actually sit in circles, because life is better in circles rather than rows. It's because God is trying to get us to be a community of people who don't just come and partake and take in and entertain on Sundays, but actually are the church out there during the week, Monday through Saturday, out in the community, loving people, bearing one another's burdens, so that eight months later, when the doctors say, you got a clear report. Guess what else we do? We rejoice together. We celebrate together. You heard it from my wife earlier when she was talking about all the praise reports that are coming in. Yeah, the praise reports are coming in and the prayer requests. Why? Because faith is rising. Because now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I know some of you grew up in the KJV, so here we go. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Those of you who didn't grow up on KJV or ESV, here we go, message translation. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. If you're taking notes, write this down. Faith is our firm foundation that helps us handle what we can't see. And what we have to understand is that sometimes faith comes through adversity. Sometimes faith comes through the hard times. Sometimes faith comes when people don't like you, when they don't agree with you, when things aren't going well. Even when you try to walk in a way where you're trying to honor and love other people. But listen, it's in those moments where our faith and our faith is actually determined. Who's it in? Who's your faith in? Because if your faith is in me, I will let you down. If your faith is in any other person in this room, your spouse, your spouse will let you down. If your faith is in your kids or in your neighbors or your friends, if your faith is in anyone but God, you will be let down because those places are not a firm foundation. No, the only firm foundation is the Father. He is the firm foundation. He's the reason why in the midst of the adversity, you and I can confidently still march forward. It's why you and I, even in the midst of the bad doctor's report, can say, no, but my God can take care of everything. See, our faith in Christ is our firm foundation. So, so what's next? So Pastor Brian, that's great. Love it. Heard this before. This is fantastic. So what are you telling me? Expect adversity? Yeah. <laughs> and here's what happens when we expect adversity, we know how to be prepared for it. Remember all those national, you know, all those PSA, the National Public Service announcements? What are they trying to do? They're trying to prepare you in case there's an emergency. Why? Because if you're better prepared, then you actually walk through that emergency better. See if you have an evacuation plan. 
Like one of the things we're doing down in the lower level is not only are we creating this space better, but we actually have evacuation plans that are up on the wall. Why? Because if something happens, everyone needs to know how we get out. And so you know what's crazy is before we had classrooms that didn't have any emergency lighting in them. So literally, the power goes out, you are in the dark. Your little two-year-old's in the dark. Ah! Could not get out. Would have been fumbling around. Would have probably died. I'm telling you, there's probably kids that are still dead down there. We haven't found them yet, but I'm sure. I'm just joking. They're not. They're not. It's really not that bad. Let me share with you three things this morning. Three things. And my time is ticking away. Three things. In fact, someone the other day, they said, Pastor Brian, I love that your messages are shorter now. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Then someone else said to me the other day, they said, you know, Pastor Brian, I can tell you've been cheating us. (laughs) Cheating you? What do you mean? Yeah, like the messages are about 10 minutes shorter. I said, yeah, we've been trying to do that off of feedback. They're like, I hate it. (laughs) So some of you who like it that's longer, great. It's shorter now. I don't know. It's like, by faith, I can't help anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Let me share with you three things. Walk by faith, serve by faith, and live by faith. Walk by faith, serve by faith, and live by faith. Let's focus in on this first one, walk by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, I encourage you to take some time this week to read it. Probably a passage of scripture that maybe is familiar for some of us here. But in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter of faith, we see these great men and women. And in verse 5, it says this, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Now it's interesting because Enoch was one who had pleased God. Anyone in the house, would you love it? If it was said of you that you pleased God, come on now. I know for me, that's huge. Like, I want to get to heaven and hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done, Brian. Well done. You pleased me. There's been a pleasing that has happened. That's what happened with Enoch. Enoch pleased God. So what is it that allowed Enoch to walk with God and to please him? What is it that allowed his name to be here in this chapter with the heroes of faith, the great men and women of faith, those who had been through adversity, had been through trials? What is it that allowed Enoch to be able to walk through that? What do we know about Enoch? Well, here at Genesis chapter 5, we got to look back. Verse 21 says this, when Enoch lived, had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God. Now I want you to focus in on that. Enoch did what? With who? Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years. That's a lot of years to walk with God. Come on now. 300 years he's walking with God. And had other sons and daughters. Thus all his days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. He was not for God took him. So what do we know about Enoch? Enoch literally was walking with God and had such a relationship with God that God was like, you know what, Enoch, why don't you just come up? Just come up with me. And Enoch is one of the people in Scripture that we read about that got the privilege of being teleported to heaven. Better than some Star Trek adventure, better than anything else like that. It was like he was walking with God 
And all of a sudden, God was like, you know what, Enoch, come on up. Boom. Enoch's up in heaven, disappears. Boom. No body, no nothing. How many think that'd be crazy? Like, that would be like 60 minutes special. Tonight, Enoch, man after God's own heart, walking after God, disappears. You may sit there and go, man, how, how would you even know? Enoch, he was the father of Methuselah, 969 years old. That dude lived. Come on, oldest man that we see recorded, 969 years. How many said that's too long? <laughs> Come on now, I want to go be with Jesus by that time. 969 years, that's crazy. So what did Enoch do to please God? Was it that he was good enough? No, actually, we know it wasn't. Because why? Because sin had entered the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And so Enoch would have actually had sin in his life. So it wasn't because Enoch had done good enough. What was it that allowed Enoch to experience this in, just incredible thing? So here, here real quick, Azel, would you come up here on stage real quick? Just come up around real quick up on stage. I need you really fast. So... Um, So I'm going to put uh, Zell up here. This stage is a little dangerous now that you can't actually get off of it. Zell, you trust me, right? Absolutely. All right, good. Will you take your glasses off for a minute? Why? Just for a minute. Put them in there. All right. Here's what we're going to do real quick. There is a tank of water over there. You're right. You may go swimming. All right. Can you see anything? You can't see a thing. All right, good. So, you know, sometimes what happens is, is we're walking with God, and, and all of a sudden some adversities come. And uh, here's, actually, I put a chair up on stage. Did you see that chair that I put up on stage? Okay, all right, good. So right here, here Zell, I just need you to go and find that chair. Now, here, here, here's the thing. Zell's very apprehensive right now. And the reason why Zell's apprehensive is because he's just fumbling through. And see, here's how sometimes I think you can just stay still for a minute. Sometimes what happens in life is our relationship with God, we treat it like this. Instead of listening to his voice, we fumble through life trying to get to where we need to go. So here, here's what I need to do. Okay, Zell, I need you to take one step forward. Okay, now I need you to just take a step to the right. Take three steps forward. Take a step to the right. Step to the right. Step to the right. Four steps forward. Four steps forward, I got you. One step to the right, one little step forward, turn around, take one little step backwards, you'll be all right, <laughs> sit down.
Thank you, sir. You're good. <laughs> what was the difference with Zell in that moment? Instead of him fumbling through life, what he did was Zell began listening to the voice of the one who knew. Not other voices. He knew he could trust my voice in that moment. Can I tell you, you can trust the voice of the Lord. When he says to you, hey, let's go for a walk, you can go for a walk with him. When even though you can't see, stop walking through your Christian faith, fumbling around, trying to figure out where you're going. Just listen to the voice of God. And if you'll listen to the voice of God, you'll be able to walk with God. What was the key for Enoch? It wasn't that Enoch had done enough. It wasn't that he was a good enough person. He just simply every day put the blindfold on and said, God, where are we going? And one day, all of a sudden, as he's walking along, the Lord's like, you know what? We're so far from home anyways. Why don't you just come to my house? Because why? Because he walked by faith. And when we walk by faith, what we find ourselves is, is in a moment of walking by faith where we can listen to the voice of God, and he says, this is where I need you to go. And even though we know there's danger, even though we know there's all these things around us, we can trust his voice. The next is this, is we need to serve by faith. Serve by faith. Now just hear me out. It says in verse 7 of chapter 11, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for saving his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that by faith, in his act of faith, now think about this for a minute. In that moment, he's sitting there, and he's finding himself in this moment where he's struggling. The message translation reads it this way. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. And as a result, Noah became what? Intimate with who? So we see Enoch did what? He walked with God. Noah shows us as a great hero of faith, it's someone that we would look to and go, man, that man right there, he has faith. Crazy faith. Builds this ark. There's no water to be seen. There's no, there's no water around. He's building a big old ark. Two of every animal. He's bringing out, like, this is crazy. Nuts. Who would ever do that? A man who was intimate with God would then serve God. Did you catch that? That through doing, that's what Noah did, Noah did. I mean, he was doing the hard work of completing the lower level. He was doing the hard work of tearing walls down and carrying bricks out. He was doing the hard work of painting stuff. He was doing the hard work of drilling through. He was doing the hard work of pulling up carpet. He was doing the hard work to prepare the stage because he knew that he could serve by faith. See, some of us, we've said it's the younger generations, and the younger generations say it's the older generation, and everyone's pointing the finger at everyone else and saying, it's their job to serve. It's their job to take care of this. And can I just tell you, let's stop pointing the finger and saying it's everyone else's, and let's just serve. Let's just do what God's called us to do. Let's just serve by faith. This week... Good to great Friday, and you're like, man, I haven't even really heard a whole lot about it. You're right, because we've been serving down in the lower level and creating a space for young kids to encounter Jesus. Listen, the new bus ministry, hear me out, is the lower level being redone. 
And you may say, Pastor Brian, well, how are we going to get him here? Because we've created a space that will be attractive to young people and young families will walk in and go, I can't believe this. That kid's ministry down the street has a rock climbing wall in the basement. How in the world does that happen? It doesn't even make sense. You're right, it's a traverse wall. So you go sideways, not up. Well, is that safe? Yeah, it has mats. It's being delivered on Wednesday on a big old semi-truck from Colorado. They had storms that kept it from being delivered because they're getting snow and craziness out there. And I called the company, like, I'm sorry it hasn't been picked up. And I'm like, I need that rock climbing wall. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I need it for Easter. We don't have eggs. We got rock climbing walls. We serve by faith. And here's what I found. He said, in the midst of all the time and all the things, my intimacy with the Lord has been growing. I know that sounds crazy. But literally, in tearing out carpet, my intimacy with the Lord has been growing. Literally, by painting walls, my intimacy with the Lord has been growing. Literally, by sitting there and managing this project and doing all the things that we've done. And guess what? We've saved a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. Like over $200,000 worth of money that's been saved because we've been doing all the work inside the house. <laughs> 87 hours this past week. That's just me. That doesn't count all the other people. All the rest of the staff that were down there. Pastor Scott was down there drilling out holes in the wall and knocking out stuff last night. Someone came up to him and I and said, don't you guys have to preach? And don't you guys have to sing and lead us in worship tomorrow? And we said, yes. I said, man, don't you think you should go home? Come on, we're serving by faith. We're going to make this thing happen. We're going to make sure that young people encounter Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes that comes at a cost. Sometimes there's some sacrifice. See, because I want my whole family to be saved, not just my family, all my family. I want to see all of Lenaway County come to know Jesus. And guess what? That does not mean that it, we can do it all ourselves. Guess what? I want, I want new life filled to the brim with people right down in the mall. I mean, you know what? I want Ogden down the street filled to the brim with people encountering Jesus. I mean, I want the Lutheran church down the street. Come on, Faith Baptist. I want them all filled because you know what? This county needs to know they need to experience Jesus. So listen, if someone feels like God's calling them to another church, don't get your panties all in a wad. Bless them. Bless them. The problem with the church in Lenaway County is, is instead of being for each other, we're against each other. It doesn't make sense. Be for the church. That's what he's for. Serve alongside of it. Be a part of what God's doing. God is moving in this community. He wants to do a work, and he's looking for great men and women of faith who will rise up and who will say, I'll walk by faith even though I can't see what's going on. I'll serve by faith. I'll do what God's called me to do, and then I'll live by faith. So you can walk, you can serve, but will you live? Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 8 says, by the act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to, oh, oh, we don't like this, an unknown place. God, why do you always call us to the unknown? Why do you always bring us to places where we can't understand and we can't, we, we, we just can't put, why, why can't you just make it simple? Why has it got to be an unknown place that would then become his home? 
goes on to say when he had left, he had no idea where he was going. And by an act of faith, he lived in a country promised to him, lived as a stranger camping in tents. It says Isaac and Jacob did the same thing, living on the same promise. Abraham did it by what? By keeping his eye on an unseen city with real and eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Listen, I understand that sometimes you can't see where we're going. You're sitting there questioning. I don't understand it. And you know what? People along the way with the lower level have been saying, Pastor Brian, does it make sense? Why you want to knock this wall out? Why you want to do that? I'm just saying, just trust me. I feel like the Lord deposited in my heart a dream for this area down here ever since I walked into it years ago. Three years ago when I walked into that space, God began depositing a dream in my heart of what it was going to look like. And we've completed it and it's getting done and I can sit there and people have been like, I don't understand it. I don't see it, Pastor Brian. And then all of a sudden they go down and they go, oh my goodness. This place doesn't even look the same. This is amazing. I want to be down here. (laughs) Yeah. Unseen. So the question is, is where you live? You may say, well, Pastor Brian, how do I live by faith? Just say yes to God. It's interesting because the people that we read in these pages, Hebrews chapter 11, all throughout, are simply people who just said yes. This week, on Friday, we're going to go out and turn people's Good Friday into a Great Friday. And all across the city, random acts of kindness are going to happen. And 300 volunteers are being mobilized to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. One day... On the day when the greatest sacrifice is celebrated from churches across America, we, Bethany Assembly, are going to be out there serving people like Jesus would serve. Loving people like Jesus would love. You may say, Pastor Brian, how does that happen? Just by saying yes. It's by faith. By faith. See, Abraham believed that God had made a promise. See, some of us in this room, you need to go back to that promise that God put in your heart years ago. You've been serving him for a long time, and you're sitting here and going, man, I I just don't know, but but Abraham was promised something. And remember, if you think about Abraham for a minute, he's 99 years old, and his wife's 90 when the promise is coming. See, what faith does is faith when allowed to be operated in it, when we walk in it, when we serve in it, when we live in it, what faith does is it says yes to God. And what happens is, is it brings about miracles. And things that we said there's no way that could ever happen begin happening. See, faith doesn't look at the impossibilities. Faith looks at what needs to be done and can be done. By faith. By faith. Faith always sees a way. Faith always gets results. You'll continue to read throughout Hebrews chapter 11, the story of Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Israel, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. The list goes on and on and on. People who walked by faith, who served by faith, who lived by faith. Because here's what we've come to recognize. And here's what Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. Faith in God changes everything. Today there are individuals who are 
going public in water baptism today. They're saying, you know what? By faith, I want everyone around me to know what God has done inside of my life. And today we're going to celebrate that moment. But I wonder this morning, before that moment happens, with this Easter season upon us, I wonder how many of us have been thinking his plan was going to go one way. It's Palm Sunday. The people grabbed the palm branches, shouted out, Hosanna! Hosanna, the king is here. He's among us. They shouted it out. They were rejoicing. Palm Sunday. Then Good Friday comes. <laughs> Doesn't seem so good. Because all of a sudden the people who were once shouting, Hosanna, oh, how awesome, how great, how magnificent. Man, it's amazing. Are now shouting, crucify. Crucify. It's interesting how in the church we can turn so quickly. We can turn so quickly. Oh man, it's, it's like this is the most amazing church ever. Ever heard someone say that? Most amazing. I mean, Bethany is the greatest church ever. I mean, oh, I love it. Every part of it. You've got to be here. Months go by. Bitterness and offense begin to take root. And all of a sudden the enemy has his foothold begins feeding lies in and junk in. And all of a sudden they go, it's horrible. It's the worst place ever. I can't believe you would go there. can't believe you would be a part of that. Listen, this ain't new news. This ain't a new story unfolding. This is exactly, exactly what happened with Jesus. And listen, I'm not Jesus. I'm not coming in on the triumphal entry. Don't be waving no palm branches for me because it ain't for me. But listen, it's for him. And great men and women of faith will rise up when adversity comes and will say, I don't care about that adversity. I will love the people in the midst of it. Even when they speak curses and hurt and pain against me, I will love them. Why? Because Jesus has instructed me to actually love my enemy. By faith. By faith. And what's interesting is the people who were shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, thought they needed a king. But what they really needed was a savior. They didn't need a king. They didn't need someone that they could put on a pedestal someone who could overthrow Roman oppression. No, they needed a savior. Because why? A king is looking out for himself and the kingdom. But guess what a savior does? A savior says, I'm looking out for you. Because you need something. And across this room, there are people who need an encounter with Jesus. You'll see here in a moment, people who are going to go public for Jesus in water baptism. They're saying, my life was completely changed, so I need this moment. So today, I wonder how many of us today, this morning, find ourselves in a moment just like this and we'd say you know what I need Jesus last week people raised their hand for salvation said man I'm giving my life to Jesus it was an amazing Sunday so today here's what I'm going to ask if you could bow your heads and close your eyes across this room 
Listen, I don't know what kind of adversity you're facing. I don't know what struggles you've been going through. But I can tell you, if you'll listen to the voice of God, if you'll walk with God, if you'll serve with God, if you'll live with God, what will happen is faith will rise and increase in your life. And you may be sitting here this morning, you may say, you know what, my relationship with Christ is not where it needs to be. And that's okay, because God wants to walk with you. No shame, no guilt, that's not what this is about. This is about you just simply surrendering, because instead of you saying, I need a king, you're saying, I need a savior. I need someone who would take my place, who would hang in my place. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He hung upon a cross so you could experience him for the very first time or for the first time in a long time or whatever it may look like. He wants a relationship with you. So if this morning you're sitting here in this room and you're like, you know what, that's me, I need to take that step today. If that's you, real quickly, would you just real quickly raise your hand? You just say, that's me, Pastor Brian. I need to take that step today. I need to take that simple step today of giving my life to Christ, surrendering to him. All right, let's turn this then. So Father, right now across this room, God, may we be faced with what's really happening. God, we have got to share our story and we have got to activate and live our faith. There are too many lost people around us in this community who in a moment like this would have responded to an altar call, but how can they not respond if they're not invited? How can they respond if they're not a part, if we haven't developed a relationship with them where we say, man, you got to come, you got to be a part of this where we just take our moment of leading them to the Lord here throughout the week. So God, I pray that faith would rise in this place, that by faith we would walk with you, that by faith we would serve with you, that by faith we would live in the calling that you've called us to live in. God, I pray in these next few moments as we celebrate with these who are saying publicly today, God has changed my life and I want everyone to know it. I pray that in these moments right here, as we celebrate in water baptism, God, that faith will rise in our hearts, that faith will rise inside of us, that we will say, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to serve with God. I'm going to live with God. God, I thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.